Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hi, and welcome to Tech Talk, y'all, season eight, episode 195. I'm Adam Walker. And I'm Sanjay Parik. Man, we've got a great episode for you today, as always, brought to you by Together Letters. If you want to get out of social media and you want to stay connected to the important people in your life, check out togetherletters.com. It's a great place to do that. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about Apple, Tesla, a palace on rails, a Delta lawsuit, Elon Musk, an 18-year-old that's going to space. Good for him and maybe scary for his parents. I don't know. We got weird and wacky <laughs> and we got tech wrecks. So, Sanjay, let's start off. What do you have for us? Yeah. So first up, um, we've got actually a couple of stories on this uh, this theme that we've been talking about for a couple of episodes mm-hmm. um, on the right to repair. So first up, Apple AirPod batteries are almost impossible to replace, showing the need for right to repair reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, you've got a pair of these AirPod things and uh, yeah, right there uh, on the video. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're impossible to replace the batteries. I, They're super I, tiny in there. I well, not only are they tiny, but I don't even know how you would open this case up without completely destroying it. Like that actually to me is the bigger problem is how do you even get to the insides in order to replace anything? Uh, because yeah. the way it's designed, you you just can't. Yeah. So what's interesting, um, and th- this will be maybe a little preemptive tech wreck or, or service wreck for our listeners. Okay. There's actually a service, and they're mentioned in this article called Pod Swap. And what they'll do is if your uh, AirPods are now no longer holding charge, you can go on there. Um, I'm assuming they'll take a credit card like pre-authorization from you, but they'll send you a new pair and then you send them back your pair. Okay. Uh, and then they will refurbish those and give them to somebody else. So huh. you're never without them. Um, you get a new pair that's got a new battery in it and, you know, away you go. Uh, and then that's you good business right there. Right. I mean, hey, why not? Yeah. So you're just you're just swapping your your AirPods out one for the other. Man. Um, okay. I wonder how long it's going to be before they get a cease and desist from Apple. Uh, I, I'm saying it. I'm going to call it. It's already happened. That's what I think. It's so. already happened. Yeah, yeah it's already happened. So yeah. yeah. Um, All right. So our, our next uh, right to repair conversation that's going to lead to a funny anecdotal story by yours truly. Uh, Tesla's sixteen thousand dollar quote for a seven hundred dollar fix is why right to repair matters. So in this article, uh, this guy ran over something with his Tesla. It damaged the battery pack. He goes to the Tesla authorized repair center and they say, oh, yeah, it's going to be sixteen grand to fix it. He obviously, like any reasonable person does, starts doing internet research, which is the only answer to that, that or the only proper response to that. And he finds somebody to do it for $700, he gets it fixed, and he's good to go, right? Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a little caveat there, too. At first, they so basically, they're saying, like, oh, you, ho- you need a whole new battery pack, because the yeah. part that broke is in this battery pack, and apparently it's a non, supposedly non-serviceable part. Uh And then they wanted to keep his old battery pack as well. And he pointed out like, no, no, if I ask for the part back, uh, you got to let it, let me have it because that's the law apparently, because Mm. to his point, you can actually sell all those batteries in that battery pack for a lot of money and people do, you can buy them uh, on eBay. So that was like that right there should tell you like, yeah, they're trying to rip you off Yeah, uh, by yeah. telling them like, why would you want this pack? It's useless to you, whatever. Yeah. Like, well, why do you want this pack? It's useless yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, if you think yeah. it's it's junk, you should want me to haul it away from here. That's crazy. Um, so it, but yeah, so the, the other thing with this is that 
this was a rental, not a rental, a lease. A lease, yeah. And so, so wouldn't that be covered by the lease, I would think? Apparently it's not. Oh, okay. uh, because, you know, it's one of those rent, you know, the scary. fine print that you never read, uh, yeah. you know, in those agreements. Yeah. But if they notice that he's fixed this, he still might be on the hook for 16 grand. Yeah, that's at, true. Because it wasn't an, an authorized too. dealer. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so, so this reminds me of, of an interesting situation that happened to me. So I was I was doing some uh, like a project in the front room of our house and I was putting up this kind of herringbone pattern of boards on our wall. And I was using a nail gun to do it, not really thinking much about like what might be behind the sheetrock. Let, let, let me stop you there for a second. Gun. How, uh-huh. how much experience do you have with a nail gun? Enough. I have, I have enough experience with a nail gun. Yeah, I've, I've used them lots of times. And, have and, you yeah. ever had to go to the hospital because of some kind of injury due to a nail gun? <laughs> no, I know I have not. No, okay. no, I've never nailed anything like that. So, okay. So, okay, I, continue. so, so I, I get, I, I basically I literally complete the wall. I've been working on this for two to three days. I literally put in the final nail, complete the wall. And suddenly I see, oh no, there's what looks like a wet spot. I must've hit a pipe. Turns uh-huh. out I did not hit a water pipe. Instead, I hit the Freon pipe going up to my AC unit in my attic. So, okay, all the Freon links out. All right, fine. So I call, I call one of those, it was a Sunday. I call one of those emergency line, you know, you know, yeah. HVAC companies. Hey, can you come out today? The guy comes out and he's like, yeah, we can't just repair a pipe like that. We'd really need to run all new pipes and really to run all new pipes. We really have to replace your whole unit upstairs. And it's kind of shot too. Da, da, da. So the end result was he's trying to sell me. I think it was a $12,000 AC unit and run new pipes and like the whole deal. And uh-huh. it was just insane. So I'm like, let me think about that. I'm not like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> like, I'm not going to make this decision right now. That seems like a terrible idea. I'll get back to you. So then I call my regular AC guy, who's just kind of one of those, you know, it's just him and one or two other people that work for him. And he's just a kind of a, a good old guy. So I called him up and he's like, yeah, I can be there Tuesday. Okay, great. Come Tuesday. So he gets there. He looks at it. He goes, so what you're telling me is you just want me to fix the hole in the pipe, right? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And he goes, okay, cool. It'd be like a hundred bucks. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, the other guy like swore up and down. You cannot fix that pipe. It's unfixable. It's going to cost you $10,000 for a whole new system. And my guy's like, yeah, just fix the pipe. It's good. No big deal. So that's, I kind of feel like that's exactly what happened with this car. It's like, no, it's not $16,000. It's just $700. No big deal. We're good to go. So, so I got to ask, did he fix the pipe with like chewing gum or no man he, he had he had like a what did he, do? he did like a like some like a blowtorch and like all the all the proper stuff to fix the pipe i don't know all the stuff but he did it it was good it was good it, it works it are, works are you saying that it was all the proper stuff just because he pulled out a blowtorch is, is that what happened here? i mean when somebody pulls out a blowtorch they do somehow feel more professional to me by every respect <laughs> that's that's all i'm trying if you want to be professional use a blowtorch that's all i'm trying to say so. i have a feeling if we open up your walls again that it's probably just a, a piece of chewing gum and some duct tape back there. Because when you weren't looking, that's what long he did. As long as it works, man. Long as it works. When you weren't looking, that's what he did. And and it was the blowtorch was just to throw you off. He, he just was like, okay, I'm going to turn on this blowtorch and Adam's going to run away because it's hot. And and that's what happened. Uh, talking about something else that's, uh, that's hot, maybe if you have a lot of money, but a $350 million palace on rails luxury train concept unveiled. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, so if you have $350 million, you can just uh, ride around the world. Yeah. I mean, the train looks fantastic, but it's not built. Well, it's not built. And I don't, I don't see how it ever would be, honestly. Like, like they, somebody basically wants to create a $350 million private personal train 
for someone, which again, looks really cool. It would be like the most amazing thing ever. And you could write, you know, like have a whole movie about it or something, but I just don't, I don't see it ever happening, but I just tagged it. Cause I was like, man, this looks amazing. So, so what this reminded me of was there's a, a movie and a TV show called Snowpiercer. Uh, okay. We we're talking about for the show. You haven't seen the show, right? No. Nope. Or, or the movie. Yeah. No. Nope. So the movie's available on Netflix. The, the show is available on TNT. Um, it is a fantastic sci-fi show. It okay. is a post-apocalyptic show. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but basically climate change has destroyed the earth. The earth is a frozen tundra and the people that are on this train, I don't know how many people, I forgot how many people, but it's a thousand cars long the train Okay, and it is circling the globe in a never using a, a engine technology that doesn't stop a Sterling engine. Yeah. And so the train has to keep moving to keep every, every itself from freezing over, I guess. Um, but the whole point is that they're going to stay in there until uh, the climate returns back and they can repopulate their earth, I guess, or something that like that. That just feels like a movie that, whose plot's going to fall apart so quickly, though. Because, like, one fallen tree, and it's like, it's game over. It's just, we're done. Like we're The done. track is done, yeah. It's all so, done. So, I mean, there is some about that, of like, okay. you know, disasters happening and things yeah. happening with the rails and how do you deal with it. Right. And then there's also the internal, right? So you've got... An enclosed mm -hmm. space, a thousand cars long, or maybe yeah. it's a thousand and one cars long. Uh, and you have classes of people and how they interact. How they deal. The, yeah. How do you, how do you have society's ills basically reflected in, in this train? Um, I, you know, you would think that it wouldn't go on for that long, but it, it has, it's become a TV show. And, um, David Diggs, if you know that name, he's one of the guys that was in the original cast of Hamilton oh, okay. is one of the main actors and he is fantastic if you've watched blackish he is also in there and he plays the brother or half okay. brother of All rainbow right. johnson the wife um hmm. okay. in, in blackish uh, but david diggs uh he's a great actor um really funny but uh highly highly recommend snowpiercer uh and you know if it comes to that and climate change is going to cause a catastrophe on earth um maybe try to find this train and get on it because uh maybe it'll be the best place to be as you might have heard, Sanjay and I have a new project called Together Letters. So, this episode is brought to you by Together Letters. The idea is simple. Everyone has email. No one wants to log in to another thing. But everyone wants to stay connected. Together Letters uses email to create a collaborative newsletter, keeping groups better connected. Sign up today at togetherletters.com. All right, our next article, Delta Pilot sues the airline for allegedly stealing an app that he designed. So the backstory here is there was uh, there was some kind of issue. A Delta Pilot uh, spent, uh, I think, about $100,000 of his money to develop an app that would kind of deal with and solve this issue. He pitched it to the higher-ups at Delta. He had meetings with them. He was sort of verbally committed to that they were going to buy the app. And then all of a sudden they said, no, 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 we're not going to buy the app. And then a few years later, an app comes out from Delta that basically is a very, very similar, if not almost identical app to what he created. So now he's suing them and he's suing them for a lot of money, right? I don't remember how much was it. Yeah. So he's still currently a pilot for Delta and he's suing them for a billion dollars. Okay. So th there's, there's a couple a problems A billion here. dollars. There's a couple problems here. Number one. How are you going to sue the company you're currently working for? That doesn't make any sense to me yep. at all. 
Because and how and how do you intend to stay working there? That that's insane. And and who wants to be on his plane? Like really? Like I don't want to be on that pilot's plane. Like oh, you're the pilot that's suing Delta, and I'm on your. No, no, no. I'm I'm good. I'm on I'm the gonna, Delta flight with you. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna step on off your fellow. And, and I'll know. tell you how he's staying there is because they've got a pilots union. Is probably how he's staying there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Well, there's the, then there's the optics too. Right now, the other thing is how are you gonna sue for a billion dollars? Like you spent you put a hundred thousand dollars into this. And you're going to say that your thing is is a unicorn already? No, I don't think so. You're not well, the next Uber. That ain't it's happen. more than a unicorn, right? Because he's saying you owe me a billion dollars. He's not yeah. saying the thing is worth a billion. It's worth then potentially more than that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's completely insane. So yeah. I think yeah. if you sold this to, as, as a service to all of the airlines, you would not be a billion dollar company. You'd be like a hundred million maybe at, at best, I would think. At maybe. Best. At best. Maybe. And this is software. Like if you were selling parts for planes and stuff, then, okay, I could see how you could become a billion dollar yeah. company because yeah. that stuff's expensive and you got to yeah. cart it around and stuff. But, uh, mm. yeah, mm. that, that's a, that's a crazy one. Uh, next up, uh, Elon Musk will live, leave earth with Branson. Sorry, Bezos. So, Sorry. uh, yeah, Elon Musk has bought a ticket on Branson's plane, the, yeah. the space plane. Yeah. Uh, and Branson has even said that, yeah, I'll probably go with him then. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you at that point? Like, you totally should. I mean, you're billionaire space racers. You just go together. Like, hey, come on over. Let's go to space <laughs> together. It'll be fun. You know, why, why would Elon Musk not just do it with SpaceX? I know they're doing like. Uh, well, I mean, SpaceX is, I mean, so, so they're, it, but they're different, right? So Branson's company is really kind of intended to be this sort of like space tourism type company. At least that's, that's where they're starting. Musk never went there. Like he has no intention yeah. to be, I mean, he's taking astronauts to the international space station. He doesn't care about, you know, tourism at all. Yeah. Um, so I think, I, I just think he's at a whole nother level beyond where Bezos and where, where, uh, Branson are at as far yeah. as space goes. I, I gotta say, I, uh, we were having this conversation in the house here. I, I don't understand, uh, the tourism thing, the space tourism thing. Oh, I get it. I, I, I no, I get it. I, I, if you've got that kind of money, yeah. I, I mean, no, but no, you know, uh, uh-uh, wrong. Like, listen. why? Like, what does it accomplish for that person oh. or humanity, other than being able to say? And first of all, there. This was the other bone of contention here in the house. Okay, they're all saying they're astronauts. Astronaut zero zero one is Richard. Brand. No, you're not an astronaut. Yeah, you, well, you, you took yeah. a plane up and you flew around a little bit no, and you I came agree. back. Now you're not yeah. an astronaut, okay? Astronaut is a title reserved for people with NASA or the space agencies of other countries where they actually go into outer space, where they actually go into the international and do space, things. Space. And do or things. maybe that they actually go to Mars or not Mars, so, but the Moon. Okay, those are astronauts. You're not an astronaut. So here's my point. Here, here's the draw. And let me say this. I would not do this, right? So if, if I'm a, if I was if I had a hundred million dollars in the bank, I still wouldn't do this. But the, I think the thing the, the the learning here is they're willing to drop two hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is, for an experience, and like that's what people do. I mean, like people want experiences, and that's about the most unique experience that exists on Earth today. So I yeah, mean, and and we're leaving beside the whole point that, uh, and and in none of these articles have they talked about this. What is the environmental oh, impact dude. of, oh, of so doing bad. this, right? It's got to be so bad. Yeah. And I, and, 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 bad. and I wonder if they're going to use any of that money to reinvest and try to make themselves carbon neutral for this, but I don't see how they possibly no, could. they're not going to do I that. I don't but, see how they could. And don't get me wrong. I have nothing wrong 
with uh, exploring space. Right. I think we've but had explore it. Don't tour the exactly. We had wonderful innovations and advances in science and technology because of NASA and the other um, yeah. other countries' uh, space programs. I am right. all for that. I think that's wonderful. I think it's great. It's good for humanity. This is not good for humanity. Well, this is just like a, a show off of like, hey, I'm gonna go fly around a bit, and and you're gonna have it on TV for a long time. What? Well, it is good for the person in our next article, which is an 18 year old that's going to space. With Jeff Bezos. So as, as we've talked about before, Bezos is going to space. He's taking his brother to space. He's taking uh, this uh, this former astronaut, NASA trainee. NASA trained. Uh, yeah, trained. Uh, yeah, astronaut to, to space. That never got to go. That never got to go. And the the fourth person was going to be someone that won the bid for, what was it? 20, you said $23 million? $28 million. $28 million. And so you're probably going, wait a minute. How did an 18-year-old get $28 million? Well, he did not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead, the person with $28 million... Had a scheduling conflict, and I said that with a straight face, and uh, has designated that an 18-year-old is going to get to go in his place. So really, the question is, how do you spend $28 million to get the seat and then have a scheduling conflict? The answer is you don't. You just got cold feet. You 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 a scaredy cat is what it is. You, you spent $28 million, and now you're scared. Yep, I think that's what it is too. So maybe you should have figured that out before you got all hyped up and spent twenty eight million dollars. I'm happy for the eighteen year old. I mean, hey, props to that guy. Gets to go to space. Gets. To, I mean, he's gonna have bragging rights to no end. I mean, he, not only is he going to space, he's going to space sitting next to the richest dude in the world. Like, come on, like that's some good connections right there. That's all I'm trying to say. I mean, I will say if everything goes okay and they get back fine, then, um, I mean, he's, he's got some connections for, yeah. for work and stuff. I, I'm sure after that. Uh, but yeah, that was a crazy story. Uh, what is maybe not as crazy story is Microsoft putting PCs in the cloud with windows 365. You heard me right. PCs, not servers, PCs in the cloud. So yeah. they've apparently been working on this for a while, but streaming your entire desktop via a browser, a modern day browser, so that you can have a PC through a browser. What do I you mean, think about this? Would you would you do a PC through a browser? Uh, no, I, I mean not currently. No, but I but I can see the uses of this, right? Is is and, and that's part of what the article is pointing out is like as more companies go to this virtual model, this hybrid model, or whatever else, where there's got to be all this flexibility, it does offer a degree more flexibility. I mean, but at the same time, like, honestly, like very few things that I do are, are really PC based. I mean, a lot of what I do is cloud-based anyway. A lot of what everybody does is cloud-based. So it's almost superfluous at that point. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, it's interesting and I think there are some places where it could be useful, but it, there's a single point of failure in all this. Cause if your internet goes down, you got no computer. It's it's kind of going back to like the old uh, terminal, like not the terminal. Yeah. What 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 server you, client? Uh, setup, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like like, yeah, like the, everything's like, in the mainframe. Yeah, the terminal station. You're you're logging on from like the little st- thing, and if, if the mainframe's down, you're done. Dumb, you just you got a dumb, dumb keyboard. Terminal, That's all you got. Smart mainframe. Yeah, and yeah. This to me, like that doesn't make sense. We don't yeah. have internet connectivity. I and you know I say this with straight face because I, I will say my internet has been fantastic. I've got gigabit fiber to the home. Uh, I think in the last, oh, we know, I know I'm just <laughs> making sure, you know, uh, just, that was just for you, Adam, to make sure that you know that I have it and you don't. 
I know. But in the last few years, I got to say, like, I've not really had many outages at all. Yeah. But this would worry me because if you happen to be in a place where you don't have internet or the internet goes down, now you can't access your computer like that. Yeah. That seems dumb yeah. to me. I yeah, know. I get that. I Yeah, I I don't see, foresee myself using this ever. But then again, who knows? I mean, who, who knows? So, all right, next article, new Anthony Bourdain documentary, Deep Fakes, his voice. Now, I'm assuming that's for the purposes of the documentary for various things. But I mean, this it kind of goes back to accentuate this idea that, I mean, voices can really be deep faked more and more. As a matter of fact, and I didn't mention this in any articles and it's not actually my tech rate, but I'm, I'm messing around with a software that I'll probably recommend next week that actually allows you to deep fake any voice you want. Like I just load in, I mean, I can load in 30 or 40 minutes of a voice and then I can deep fake pretty much anything. So I'm, I can have you saying all kinds of passwords on here and, and everything else. Like, you <laughs> so know. what you're telling me is we need to go back through and delete all of the old episodes of tech talk y'all. I, I don't me. think that's going to help, man. Like, I think, I think it's no. too, it's too out there it's too now. Late. It's so, yeah, it's the too late. Out of it's the too barn. late. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think next week I'm going to have you be like, Adam is the most amazing person I've ever met in my entire life. And my password is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's. And immediately everyone will know like, that's not real. But <laughs> did, did you listen to the, the, the snippet, the YouTube uh, video? No, I, I didn't get to. How it? was it? Yeah. So I listen, it's, I mean, it sounds almost like him. So basically they had him say something that he had written in an email, okay. but it didn't seem like he'd ever actually said. Mm. So the the thing that worried me about this is, you know, the last line of the article, he said, uh, the, the person that made this documentary. So this is a documentary documentary. So it's about documenting real life and real things that happened. Yeah. And he goes, we can have a documentary ethics panel about it later. Like he just went ahead and did it. He basically created something that never happened. Mm. He might've said it, but he, he never actually said it out loud. Verbalized it. Yeah. Just to make your movie better. Like, I don't know that I'm, it feels like it's not a documentary anymore now. It's, it's yeah. like a dramatization. Yeah, but then again, a, a lot of documentaries kind of go kind of loosely into that dramatization too. I think this one just did it in a technical way that's more noticeable, but I, I think a lot of documentaries sort of that, that we may not even realize sort of walk that path if we're not careful. So yeah, maybe, I but I, I feel like this is like norming the technology to be yeah. like, ah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about it. We're just going to do it. It's fine. Well, and, 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 and then the next iteration of that too, if you think about it is deep faking videos. So like, right. Would it be like, what would it be? What would it mean if, if he deep faked a video of Anthony Bourdain saying something that he never said, but it was, but he'd written an email. Like, is that like, to me, that's, that feels one degree even worse, you know? Yeah. Is that, that, that feels like very not okay to me. So like, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of thing. And then we, we think he met this person. So we're not going to create a fake video of him meeting that person and saying some things to him. Yeah, like exactly. Well, now, now we're Where's just in fantasy land, yeah. right? Like Where's this is end? sci-fi, no, not even a documentary anymore. Mm-hmm. Time for the Weird and Wacky segment. Abominable Snowman. Not an One of the TAs turned out to be a bot. First up on Weird and Wacky, uh, we've got a very interesting thing. I've, I've got to ask you this question first, though. Uh, Adam, do you do you eat ice cream? Do you like ice cream? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a living, breathing human being. What kind of question is that? Of course I like ice cream. Some people don't like ice cream because it's too cold and it makes their teeth hurt. I'm just okay, kidding. Yes, I like let, ice cream. Yeah. Let me ask you then. Mm-hmm. Do, do you like mac and cheese? 
I mean, absolutely, man. I love mac and cheese. So why would you not put those two things together and create a craft mac and cheese ice cream? Because that feels incredibly gross to me. Um, well, yeah. it's been done. And a, a company out of Brooklyn, Van Leeuwen, has made an ice cream, a craft mac and cheese ice cream. Now, listeners, before you jump up and be like, oh, I got to have some of that, you should know that it's already sold out. They have already sold out of this ice cream, but it has taken the internet by storm. Okay. And I, I just, I don't know what to think. So looking at the photo, it's, there, it's there's this, no chunks of macaroni it, in there. No, 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 I will it, tell it, you that it's this beautiful orange. And if I was to eat that ice cream, I would be expecting like an orange sherbet flavor. That would be just amazing. And if I scooped into that color orange and it tasted like mac and cheese, I think my brain would completely and totally melt. So I, I just, I can't, no, I, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it at all. No, mm -mm, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Ain't so right. I, I, right. I, I've never heard of this brand, but apparently they, they do some funky stuff. Um, and apparently it's good ice cream too, but, uh, mm. and some people that have had the mac and cheese ice cream say, say it's good. Okay. I mean, Hey, more power to them. That's great. I feel like this would have been an opportunity for us to do like the taste test thing. Like we did with the Kit Kats a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, we, we can't get a hold of any of this ice cream. Mm, so if any yeah. listeners know how to get us uh, some pints of the Van Leeuwen Kraft Mac and Cheese ice cream, I, Adam and I will try it out on air. I'll eat it for the show and yeah, let you I know will. what it what it tastes like. I'll, it'll be disgusting. But I'll eat it for the show. All right. So uh, speaking of um, how, how are things, you, you going to pre run that and say that it's going to be disgusting? It might not be disgusting. It might be OK. Yeah, I'm just still going to call it and say it's going to be disgusting. All right. So uh, next article, <laughs> uh, when I when will when will I die? Scientists have created an end of life calculator that lets you plan for your death. So I, I, I don't like this at all. I don't <laughs> like this at all. I, no, I don't like this at all. <laughs> all right. No, no, no. I need to know which part of it do you not like, Sanjay? All of not, it. The whole do you thing. Not like I, the concept of being able to calculate approximately when you might die. Or do you not like knowing or like, wait, which part of it do you not I, like? None of it. I don't, I don't want to know. Like, <laughs> I, I shouldn't know. You shouldn't know. Nobody should know. Nobody should get to calculate. I don't you like it. You want to be surprised. You want to be, it's, it's a surprise. You want to be surprised. Some things in life should be a surprise. <laughs> not like, no, this is not okay. This is like, nobody should get to know. Like nobody should get to put in my stuff into the thing and nobody should be working on algorithms that gets Wait, to know. That's way more fun. I can put in stuff for you and then I can hold, hold it up and be like, Sanjay, I know when you're going to die. And then it'd be like, um, it'll be like death threats, but it's not like, that'll be even better. <laughs> it's like, it, it is a death threat, but it's not like a traditional. When death I start threat. asking you obscure medical questions <laughs> later, just don't think anything of it. Okay. Just don't, it's, it's totally normal. Totally normal. Don't think. So fortunately I, I, so even though it's here and, and I'm, I'm against it, I went ahead and clicked on it to see when I it would say I was going to die. It won't calculate it for me because you have to be at least 50 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so there's so that not there and, yet. And there's even better is the name of this thing. Did you see the name of it? Yeah. The name of it is the respect calculator. All caps. No, no or, you're not given respect. This is like uh, so <laughs> it's all caps. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. It's, it, it's the risk evaluation for support predictions for elder life in the community. Yeah, like, man, you stretched that so far to get a, a word like that out of it. They really did. They because really it's, did. It's not. It's not respect. It's not. No. It's not yeah. supporting. It's telling you you're gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, I get it though. I, I mean, I, I do get the the idea behind it being that you can do a better job planning, making end of life planning 
for for loved ones. I, I get all that, but I, I do kind of lean with you. I don't want to know. Like, I, there's yeah. just certain things that I just don't want to know, and that's definitely one of them. I don't want to know. I mean, so. look, yeah, I get it too. Like, if you were 80s, 90s year old, yeah. something like that, yeah. and you frail, a, a calculator like this would actually potentially help you make decisions, right? Like, yeah. does it make sense for me to stay in the hospital uh, and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this treatment where I'll get to live six months, whereas this calculator is saying, uh, you've got four months to live if you don't yeah. do any of that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, it helps inform you like, yeah, that's probably not worth it for me. I'd rather be out in the world living my life for four months. Yeah. Um, I'll give away two uh, instead of spending, you know, all six uh, yeah. in the hospital, right? Like, yeah. That it, it is actually sensible, but I, I mean, I don't know. Just on a, on a theory basis, I don't like it. Yeah. All right. So our our last weird and wacky article. This device turns your sweaty finger into a gadget charger. So uh, apparently, it it captures sweat from your fingers and somehow turns that into energy. This like, this just so much wrong here again. Like we, it's been a while since we've talked back about this, but. How quickly do these technologists and scientists want Skynet and the Matrix to appear so that we can get, just get plugged in and they can harness all of our energy? AKA like, they're uh, making us into batteries again. That's what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah. 100%. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, how long yeah. is it from on your fingertips to now it's on your whole hand? Now it's your whole body and you're just a giant battery for the, the computer overlords now. Yeah. I mean, that, that it, this does feel like a first step in that progression, uh, though. I don't like it. I don't yeah, like I, it. I like I, this less than I like the death calculator. <laughs> so what you're saying is you'd you'd rather me work on the death calculator for you than try to strap something on your sweaty fingertips. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, yeah, because the the, the sweaty fingertips thing. Well, I I mean, I guess it's in in opposites, right? Because if it's a sweaty fingertips thing and you're going to use me as a battery, you want me to stay alive uh, yeah. for as long as possible. That's true. Yeah. So what's you'd scary longer might be- just, you know, in captivity, right? Right. So it might be that these two things work in conjunction to trap us and they'll like eject us out of the battery when we're about to die. Man, you're really going full on Matrix there too, aren't yeah. you? Listen, when, when whenever the Matrix 4 comes out, you and I are going to have to go see it, I think. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. So Yeah, when is that supposed I, to go? It's, is it I this have, year, next year? I have no idea. Not soon enough is the answer. I, to that I have question. a feeling it's not going to be good. because it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to see yeah. it either way. It doesn't make any difference if it's good or not. Same here. All right, Sunday, it is time for our tech wrecks. What do you have for me today? I have something that I stumbled upon. They started talking about this on Y Combinator, the, the Hacker News uh, site. Okay. It's called the Well-Tempered Traveler. Okay. And apparently it was made by this guy who's been in the news lately. He's been doing these comics that uh, he used to work for Google. Now he no longer works there. He works for Twitter. Um, basically criticizing a lot of stuff that was happening at Google and just in, in society in general, but then it eventually turned to be just anti-Google. Um, mm. But he built this project and it's still up, uh, but it shows you a bunch of cities and it gives you the average temperature and rainfall of those cities throughout the year based on 10 years worth of data. So oh it's gosh. actually kind of a nice way. Like, like if you ever think about, Hey, I want to visit Anchorage, like what time of year should I go there? Uh, and you can figure it out based on temperature and, and oh, rain. 
And you're looking so, for the you're looking for the green and not and not too visible of raindrops. Dude, this is unreal. Isn't this kind of awesome? Oh my gosh. I mean, like looking I'm I'm looking at how Atlanta. How did somebody not do this before? I know. I'm looking at Atlanta. It's like, oh yeah, it's cold in January. And then oh look, it's gonna really start warming up in April. And then it gets oppressively hot in July. Check. That's where we're at. It stays oppressively hot in August. Oh look, it gets nice again sometime in September. That's about right. Okay. So you know? it basically says like don't come to Atlanta in July and August, which is if any if you talk to anybody that lives here, it'd be like, yeah, that that's not the time to come. Yeah, and like I'm looking at like, oh, this is interesting, like Chengdu uh, in, in China, which I've been to. Um, it's got like in July, it's yellow, so it's hot and has a full raindrop, so it has a ton of rain. So like yeah. you wouldn't want to go in July. That's a bad idea. But May, where it's green, it actually looks pretty nice and not too much rain. So that'd not be great. Not too much rain. It's pleasant. It's huh. uh, it's it's very, very nice. So Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is well done. He's actually released this on GitHub as well. Um, and so uh, the... Uh, source files everything is there so in case google turns uh, around and takes this down but um it's wow useful right now so if you're if you're starting to gear up your plans kind of post pandemic uh and going to travel internationally somewhere <clears throat> looking for a place to go uh it might be worthwhile checking this uh this site out to make sure that you're not going to a place that's going to be super duper hot or super duper wet or Dude. hot and wet i'm looking at Ooh. uh lahore right here Oh man, man! In July, 106 degrees and 60 millimeters of rain. So hot and wet. Like don't well, do uh, that. Yeah, it's like like same with Guangzhou in China. Where I've been there too, and it's like like 99 degrees and 100 millimeters of rain. Like no, nope, I think we're good. Don't need to go there in July. We're good. All set. <laughs> so there you wow. go. So uh, that's all that's for me. What do you have, Adam, for us? Well, I mean, now I feel like I can't even compete. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to recommend. So if you do a lot of writing, I'm going to recommend a service called Capitalize My Title because um, so different like writing styles have different capitalization requirements. Like if you're doing APA or Chicago or AP or even like New York Times or Wiki or whatever. And if you're not necessarily sure what the capitalization requirements should be for whatever heading or title you're creating, you just type it in there. You select the thing. And you click the button and it fixes it for you and tells you what the grammar and the capitalization should be, which is kind of great. So um, if you're somebody like me that tends to overlook details like that, uh, this is a really helpful way to not overlook details like that, which I kind of love. So uh, it's just capitalizemytitle.com. It's just a helpful, interesting writing resource. So fun to take. And, and should I go ahead and say, like, do not use the uppercase one when you are chatting with people or sending an email because that is shouting. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Don't you know, you all be that uppercase person. it. Okay. You don't want to be that person. Mm -mm. Unless you're very specific about where you, if you're writing an article, all uppercases may be okay, depending on what you're trying to do. But rarely, uh, rarely. Okay. That, that, that's the only button on this whole uh, app that I have an issue with. Yeah. Because I, I feel like there should be warnings around that button. Like, are you sure that it needs to be all uppercase? Because maybe it doesn't. <laughs> That's great. All right, Sanjay. Well, uh, if anybody wants to communicate with you all uppercase or otherwise, how would they do that? They can do it in lowercase on Twitter at, at Sanjay. That's S-A-N-J-A-Y. Uh, or they can check out my site, sanjayparik.com. Uh, I've got one article up on 
finance stuff, uh, thinking about retirement. There's going to be a upcoming post about retirement accounts. So uh, stay tuned for that. What about you, Adam? What do you got for us? Uh, find me on Twitter at AJ Walker. Find me on my website at adamjwalker.com. And don't forget to check out togetherletters.com to stay connected with the people in your life. It's a great way to stay connected. It's way more effective in so many ways than social media. And you're not being tracked like you are on social media. So and and it's together letters with a capital T and an L. Not yeah. all the characters are uppercase. Yeah. Oh, by the Just way, the um, Sanjay, speaking of, of communication, when you see a tweet from me later, it's going to be all uppercase and asking you about some medical questions. So uh, okay. just be on, the, be on the lookout for that. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I reply to that right away because I'm sure it's important information that you need right now. Doo -doo -doo.